The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. G-Migs in West Des Moines, as we are each week from 6 to 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, talking everything in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And it is a Hawkeye state once again at the end Duh. of the day. And uh, I think the only thing, let me put it this way. There was, was a rainbow. It, it and was, the beer is cold. It was memorable. There yeah. was a rainbow. It was memorable, kind of. <laughs> well, you can't remember it, but I, I certainly can. And uh, quite honestly, I'm very thankful I did not get to Ames. As you know, I don't go there. I don't do that uh, city unless I'm going to go and cheer for Iowa State in another uh, event. And I couldn't have been happier. I enjoyed the uh, game day festivities on ESPN, which was actually quite good. The uh, stuff that they did regarding the Des Moines Athletic Club, which does not exist, and the trophy that came from it. <laughs> and then the they showed the farmer in the family trophy, which lasted about 14 minutes. And the fact that the replacement trophy broke and all of the things that led up to to the game on Saturday. And then, of course, once the game got started, the weather, the break, then the weather, and the long break. And I was looking at my radar going, this does not look good. You know, and if you live in Iowa or have ever been in Iowa, you don't understand how to read a Doppler radar. <laughs> And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that those storms were lined up on Highway 30. They were out in Ogden and Carroll. And, and, and that's where they and, were going to stay. They were, they were just going to train. And they were coming. Yep. And they were training, and, and it was going to hit Ames. And it was like, oh, man, that's too bad. But at the end of the day, you really couldn't ask for too much more. You had a great football game. Hawks came out on top. Uh, one two-point conversion from covering. Unless you got them really Unless early. you got them early, yes. And They were uh, an underdog for a while. Right. You know, you know. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez, preseason. Right. So it was, it, was, it was a really, really good competitive football game. And the Hawks obviously come out on top. We get a nice break, 3-0. and Hawks win at 18-17. to They uh, Did you uh, know there's been five 18-17 games in like the last 12 years and Iowa's been involved in two of them? Really? And they've won them both didn't know that there's only that few. There's a lot of odd stats that went into this game, but at the end of the day, when you say that, here's what really matters. Five in a row over Iowa State. That's five in a row. That's half a decade, by the way. There's no kid starting kindergarten who has witnessed or has been alive since Iowa State beat Iowa. That's six out of seven. Uh, and, and the last four up in Ames. No wonder they're getting testy. They can't win a home game against Iowa, even when they have a statistical advantage. And I want to get into this a little bit because uh, – so many so many things to say about this game, but if we're going to go down this road of well, Iowa State outplayed them because they outgained them. Okay, look, it's football. How many times have we watched some sort of statistical anomaly play out in football in one team, namely the Iowa Hawkeyes? If you haven't checked in on Iowa football in the last twenty-one years, let well, me clue you into how this works. Well, then how they, would they be listening to this Hawkeye Huddle radio a, show? I, I don't know, but let me clue you in. This should not be surprising as to how Iowa won this football game. Even at the end, at the at the end of the game, Iowa won the turnover battle. There was no turnovers on Iowa. They haven't turned it over, uh, thrown an interception against Iowa State in, since 2015, I think it is. Iowa State had made the turnovers. They had the penalty issues, and by the way, they were dragging Iowa defensive ends down most of the game, and they just called them at the end. And so let's just. 
Well, before you, before you leave that point, I, w- I want to bring something up. It, as Christy and I were watching the game, I said, you watch him. Monty Jones is going to do something because he just had come into the game. And I said, he's got fresh legs. He's going to do something on this play. And he completely beat the right on tackle. On the fourth down, that with the, on the fourth down with the offsetting penalties. Right. Yes. And, I, and the right tackle for Iowa State was burnt, and he tackled him. And then he laid on top of him. It looked like some sort of whale flailing about, this, go, going, I'm not holding him. Yes. This, um, this was literally the point in the game where I finally got yelled at by an Iowa State fan. And our friend, uh, Rick Amundsen, because uh, I started, he, he put his hand on my shoulder and said, nope, don't. Because I said, uh, you know, I, I'm like, I'm, uh, they threw both flags. And I'm like, yes, that's holding. And some guy yelled out, that's eh, a pass interference. You, he called me a jack, you know. Well, nicely done as typical hey, Iowa State fans well, you will are do. I know. Occasionally. I, I know. Especially so anyway, at that point in the game. Probably. And after eight hours, I mean, five hours to begin and then three in between of heading, our friends had their tailgate party at the bottom of the stairs at the 50-yard line. We could go in and out. and I mean, it was – anyway, so um, my point is that you're right. So I, my point of this is, is, yes, Iowa State outgained Iowa by 100 yards. However, the first down's relatively even. Iowa on third down, 10 of 19, Iowa State 3 of 9. When it matters – I, when it mattered, Iowa got the first downs. They got the big play. They didn't commit the penalties. They didn't I thought it was twelve of twenty-two. Ten of, uh, for what? The Hawks on third down. Not that ten it matters. Of, ten of nineteen. All ten right, 19. whatever. But, you know, eighty percent of the statistics are made are up. Made up. Yes. Ninety um, percent of the game is half mental. You know that, right? The other fifty so, percent is physical. And and uh, so statistically, sure, they outgained them. They had a couple of big plays. And, yes, they they have an, they had an effective day offensively. But Iowa plays and has always played, particularly in big games, conservatively saying, go ahead and move the ball between the 20s. Well, we're going to make you try to keep you, we're going to try to keep you out of the end zone and try to make you take uh, kick field goals. And well, that, this is what they did. There's no question Phil Parker was playing the bend and not break. But there came a point in the game, and I – if you haven't read it, go read Chad Listakow's article on Hawkeye Central on the Register because yeah, it's his it's his uh, what is his DVR, DVR DVR Monday or whatever yeah, or is whatever. really good it yes. is really really good and it really broke down this part of the game that I think um, not while we all watched it and you're all sitting there thinking that we are all smarter than everyone else as it goes to coming and play calling plays and this is what I would do and this is what I wouldn't do. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Phil Parker's adjustment to start blitzing on a very, very regular basis. In fact, I believe, according to Chad, something like 50% of the about plays. Ha- about half the plays. Half, half, the, half, half the plays after Iowa State had taken the lead on the 75-yard on the yes. uh, touchdown pass, which was uh, obviously a blown coverage, and, and started bringing, bringing it to Iowa State. Purdy was 16 for his first 17, and then from that point on, he was like 8 for 15 or 14, something like that. And Iowa got in his head. Uh, the fact that uh, Imani Jones gets the pressure and gets the holding call, and all of a sudden uh, they don't know where uh, Epinesa is. All of those, all of those things matter. Uh, Iowa's Raider package where they came up and stand up completely confused Iowa State the entire time. Every time they ran it, they, they're nobody, dropping, dropping Epinus into coverage. They're zone, running yeah, around they're the running, middle. They're, they're running, running zone, yes. zone blitzes. Yes. They're do, they were doing all kinds of things. And 
and Phil Parker, give him great credit on the defensive side of the ball. He stopped Iowa State from doing what they wanted to do. Iowa State stopped themselves. False starts on fourth down. Uh, obviously, the offsetting penalties on fourth down when Iowa interfered with them. Um, but at the end of the day, the Hawks made the plays. And that's football. To quote my great friend Kirk Ferentz, that's football. It's football. It's snort. It's, yeah. it's yeah. what you have yeah. to do in order to win football games. And the Hawks did virtually everything you could. How about the well, freaking kicking? Well, so, so uh, and uh, here's, here's the funny thing about the funny thing to me about this, well, first of all, yes, four for four from a kid who's still not on scholarship. I'm not sure how they're going to have to rectify that, right? He beat Michigan three years ago. Then he sits for two years, decides to stay the course. He's on the team, and he's eight for eight for the year, you know? So this is this is a great story. He nails all four of them now. So four this, field goals in four different quarters. Just, <laughs> that's not easily easy to do. Well, not only that. So he's out there warming up at halftime. And I'm. We just came back in from our third trip out to the bus, and we came back in. Does and that I count watched the him. first one? Yes, the first rain delay, second no. rain delay. The first. No, that was, that was my. No, I, I spent five hours there to start. Okay. Then we. Yes. So it's um, amazing you even speak about this game. I, uh, I, I had, when I watched it over again, I recalled and put pieces back together again. But no, I. I so I'm, I remember. <laughs> I vividly remember because Brett Halley said this to me right after the game. He said, did you see? And I said, I said, yes, I did. Keith Duncan, the last three kicks he took before they finished with their warm-ups for the second half were almost exactly where he kicked the final field goal from. And he fell down twice and shanked two of them left and in, almost into the Iowa band, which was sitting off in the corner. And he made the third one, and then he walked off the field. Perhaps what? the uh, shankopotamus into the band is what the <laughs> band people were talking about oh, today. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe so. I, but seriously, he walked out there to kick at that spot, and I'm like, well, he fell down twice there warming up. Let's see how this goes. And he nailed it. And, you know, he doesn't get, you know, it's, they're not, they're, there's nothing majestic about it. Other, In fact, it goes down the middle, you well, know, which is just perfect, right? Watching it live, I didn't think anything of him. But I, I will tell you this: when I saw some replays from different angles, like uh, WHO's view, uh, Channel Thirteen, and watched their view, I was like, "Those were plenty high. They were plenty long. He had more than enough leg. I mean, if that had to have been fifty, he'd have made it. I yeah. believe he would yep. have made it. Yep. And and so, kudos to him. And then, of course, the punter, uh, Sleep Michael Sleep Dog, Sleep Dog, leading the Big Ten right now. And well, his net punting, net punting on Saturday was forty-five yards. Isn't that right? You checking your stats? I'll, I'll look. You keep, you keep and, your and uh, obviously he had the last punt at the end of the game, which was directionally challenged towards the Iowa State player. So I, I it, it had a forty-seven point two average, long of fifty-one on five punts the other day. Yeah, but I think the net was like forty-five. So and and the thing is, is that he does he can do it on a straight on a straight drop, or he can do the sidewind. The rugby, right? Yeah. Well, he is Australian. I imagine he can probably kick it backwards if he asked him. Maybe. Anyway, and uh, sh- shout out to our friend Kevin Dris- Driscoll who did uh, opine that. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Iowa State did have a punter on the Twitter <laughs> and uh, made him chuckle on his drive from Indiana back as he was going to come and watch the Hawks. But nevertheless, so here was, here was an interesting, I just thought this and thought, is there any chance that 
By the way, Yastrzemski's kid just homered in Boston. Well, how poetic or is, is that? His, oh, I don't think it was him. Anyway, do you think there's any chance that the gunner, 16, not the guy who recovered the, f- the fumble, Young 17. recovered the fumble. The gunner, 16, had some idea where the football was and essentially was uh, running and peeled off. Uh, I know he got out of the way because he didn't want to get. He didn't want a penalty. He, he clearly did not want to get a penalty for running into the guy receiving the punt. Can you? And he was being blocked. Can you push you know? the other guy into the? You can't. No. You so can't. essentially, they were engaged. He ran, peeled off, and the other dude just ran into so him. So Iowa did a number of things incorrectly at the, in, at the end of the game. We had offsides, well, but, but but let me let me just say they made a number. There were a number of very smart plays. One, two. Uh, by Iowa D-backs in the last couple of uh, series. Jack Turner knocking down that ja- pass. Very. It's just super smart. Gains 40 yards. 35, yeah. 35 yeah, right. yards. And, and O.J., uh, on a ball that was slightly overthrown in the end zone, putting his hands down and sitting, just getting away from the from the, uh, their, from the the receiver so there's no way he could. Well, and, and frankly, then, DJ, DJ Johnson, um, on the play before. Made a great play. Interception yes. or interference was called. Made a great play. Yes. Also made a great play coming up, supporting the run, uh, holding them on what probably was nine be tackles. Nine a, tackles. He's a, a Big Ten freshman of the week, by the way. Even though he got burned on that long touchdown, he got nine tackles. Well, in his first start was it his fault on the long touchdowns? It's partially. I mean, it's a trick play. Well, so I mean, yeah, good yeah. lord, you're, what are you going to do on uh, that one? Yeah, and he and Kerner just looked at each other. Well, and the, other the, and the yeah. other one is is that our boy Jack Kerner just he took the wrong step, and Gino was up. Uh, supporting the run, and, and that was just that was bad defense. It was bad defense, and, and Purdy, that, Purdy it, laid a ball right in there for for their kid to get, go Lord, get it. Lord, you could have laid that I, one in probably, there. probably. But he but he didn't overthrow him. It was fine, um, but it was it was bad defense. But this is you know so so I, you know so let me let me <laughs> go on. Well, I, I was going to say so. Well, I don't know if you want to get there just yet, but but we, we got know, about thirty seconds till our break. We do give or take. All right. Well, so I didn't. I didn't troll my Iowa State fan uh, friends at work because I work at a big enough company. I didn't want to do it. But what? so Come on, tempted you're, to you're take, that guy. So tempted to take orange cones and put them down the middle of the hallway yesterday to make sure Iowa State fans didn't run into each other uh, along the way. That would have been well thought out. Would have. All right, we'll be back here on the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred. The champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. here. G Miggs in West Des Moines. Thanks, G Miggs, to, uh, for them sponsoring the program again this year, along with Kozlowski Law. Appreciate uh, Big Cos and his contributions. Check him out. Big thanks to Big J back behind the bar. Taking care of all the patrons and uh, wearing his Hawkeye shirt tonight on steak night, uh, taking a chance on. But there's plenty of Iowa, there are Iowa State fans sitting next to us and they're having a good time, so that's pretty cool too. So, um, anyway, nobody's boycotting us, unlike Cumming Cold, but apparently is getting the wrath. That's right. So, uh, on the line with us now, as he is each week, our friend Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, guys. Wow, that came through loud and clear. Are That's you a, on a landline? No, no, this is, sounds really good. I don't, okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually sitting watching my uh, my son's soccer game right now. Outstanding. Is All right, no great yelling. Day, great day for soccer. No, no yelling at the officials while we're on the air, Tom. I 
I never yell at official. I know, I know. Well, so David, David and I were just uh, everybody saw this game on Saturday from a different uh, vantage point. People were in different parts of the stadium. People were watching on TV. You were in a box watching the weather and watching things. What was it? I mean, what was it like? What was your vantage point up there? Uh, you know, as the weather rolled in and and some things that maybe we didn't get to see. That maybe you saw with uh, what was going on in the stadium as as we had two really long weather delays. Yeah, it was maybe the weirdest Cyhawk game when you throw in, you know, you had college game day there, so you had all the extra people that were kind of in town for something like that, uh, you know, pretty special thing for the Iowa State fans and the, just the state of Iowa to have game day there for our uh, version of the Super Bowl, I guess, and and then you had the weather, and, you know, you had just kind of the weird ending where an Iowa State guy runs into his own guy and kind of ends the game there. So there's no, like, true real drama in the final seconds. And, um, you know, it's just – and then after the game, you have all the, you know, a little bit of sniping, a little uh, – uh, trolling from the Iowa football account, and then you have the come and go thing. It's just, and the band thing now that's surfaced. I mean, it's just, I, welcome to Iowa, Iowa State Week, I guess. Well, at least we're not teeping the oak tree and then burning it down. <laughs> that's true. <We're laughs> so, so, I mean, I guess that's good. Um, and all of this stuff will blow itself over. But, you know, at the end of the day, Tom. Ridge was telling me you did a nice statistical analysis on the, on the Hawkeye report. Kind of give us a brief overview of what you kind of put together from the game the other night. Uh, of of just the, well, the, the actually Fire it's Hawk a game? breakdown of the uh, so far of the year so far that I thought was really interesting. Tom of, of Iowa football three three games in, you had some really there's there's a couple things there that are good indicators. Um, and and you give usually before the year you kind of give an over under of where Iowa needs to be and you you kind of gave us a thermometer on that today. Yeah, I just I, I thought with the bye week it's a good good week to kind of take inventory of of the team. I mean, you know, it's uh, a fourth of the season. Um, and generally, it, it's kind of interesting that you know this is only the ninth time that Kirk has started out. 3-0 and because they had, you know, so many weird losses and Arizona State loss or uh, losing to the Cyclones um, various occasions. Um, so he really hasn't had a lot of 3-0 and starts. And um, But, you know, recently he's been able to do that and get some 3-0 and starts uh, off the year. Only once uh, they haven't, and that's the year they lost to North Dakota State. Um, just... Yeah, I, I think the interesting numbers, the, the offense, I think, has been pretty good. But it's what I did is I went in and looked at the percentage of targets to wide receivers versus tight ends and it's and running backs. And running backs are up, wide receivers are up, and the tight ends are way down. It's just kind of confirmation of what, what we've seen. And the defense, I thought maybe the most interesting thing was, because I think myself included, have been kind of harping, well, they're not getting a lot of pressure, but based on the numbers from uh, Pro Football Focus that track the hurries and sacks. Now, sacks are down for sure, but the hurries are, are right there where they need to be, and they're, they're getting some pressure um, on quarterbacks. So 
Um, I, I just thought some of the the numbers were were just at least interesting at this point in the season. Well, I certainly encourage people to get out there and check it out at HawkeyeReport.com. Um, it's a good article. There was there was I'll only I'll only break one other one time, which is that the rushing the yards per game rushing right now is over is like one seventy three and. You have, uh, over the years, demonstrated if they're over 170, Iowa's going to have a good year. And so far, I mean, granted, you've, you've had a Miami, uh, Miami, Ohio, and you've had a, a Rutgers team, but this was a salty Iowa State team the other day with a, a good defensive uh, team, and they still were able to run the football, and that average is still up there with this really four, four-headed monster of running backs that Iowa has been using. Let's not forget the uh, added um, running capability that we've seen this year of Nate Stanley because I think wh- however many yards he has rushing this year, let's say it's 50. All 50 seem to have been very important. Yeah, and he has, you know, he's shown that, um, that something that he's kind of added to his his bag of tricks this year. He. He really didn't run other than, um, you know, kind of having to run. These have been designed runs, and there were big plays. They did a 10-yard run and, a, I think, a 14-yard run on, on Saturday at Jack Trice and had a couple of those kind of controlled runs against Miami of Ohio. Um, and they've, they've been really well-timed and really effective. And I think people forget he's a pretty good athlete, and he can, you know, he's not going to be uh, – you know, compared to Brad Banks or anything like that, but um, he's really a, a pretty effective runner, and he's a big guy to take down too. So um, you know that makes it tough uh, for, for opposing teams. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 another one of those testaments to things that I think that Brian Ferentz brings to the table over the last couple of years is starting to figure out. I mean, like you say, those were design plays. Uh, they weren't just breakdowns. They were design plays that, that cleared out space for him to run. It makes it just a little bit easier, and they were, they were called at the right time. It's an added dimension. It doesn't mean Iowa needs to run a, a whatever you whatever a flex bone or whatever you would call it, right. none of that. But it's it's an added dimension, and it, it certainly has added to, to the way this team is running the football. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, he also, it, at times, it, you know, we know how he maybe struggles a little bit with his touch on the deep ball, but, boy, when he wants to hum it in there like he did on that third down and uh, 22. 22 and for that 27-yard uh, um, completion to that's to the best ISM, pass. That he, that's awesome. the best pass he's thrown as a Hawkeye. That was a dart. Yeah, I, I think it's clearly the best pass that he's thrown as a as a Hawkeye. In terms of the, the situation, the magnitude of it, uh, boy, I, just, I can't think of a better pass that that he's made. I mean, there's some other really good throws that he's made or, you know, memories you'll have like the Ohio State game when he has the guy hanging on his feet and he throws a touchdown pass. But um, just in terms of what that play meant at that moment in time and the in terms of the outcome of the game, but not, not any bigger that he's thrown. Well, and the thing that I actually liked about that, and Iowa State plays an interesting defense where they only rush the three, put eight back in coverage in different zones or man or whatever sort of coverage that they have. But Nate stood back there almost statuesque, took his time, looked, let the route develop, and then just threw a dart through, I don't know, it felt like probably eight hands in a window that was closing. Well, it was very reminiscent of Luke Skywalker in the first Star Wars. It, it was? It's the... Two meters wide. Oh, okay. Got you. Yes, he hits whatever. Yes, I got you. I got you. Well, you know, I, I think this is, I think this is 
when I said at the beginning of the year, when I went with eight and four for the team, I said that the, the part that I wasn't convinced yet on was, was that Nate Stanley was going to improve as much as we needed him to because I, I always I kept feeling like he was a check down quarterback. Too quick, too quick to check down, right? And, Tom, your, your statistic on the wide receivers, I don't think that that's a, obviously it's not a mistake, but I also think it has allowed Nate Stanley this year that he knows the plays are designed to just to go downfield. He's taking his time like he needs to, and obviously the offensive line keeping people out helps a little bit too, but I really think we've seen the improvement in terms of, of his timing that you really needed to see with this, with this uh, band of wide receivers, and it's resulting in him having a higher percentage of completions and a lot and and at the right times more yards and it, it it's an improvement we needed to see out of the senior quarterback. Yeah, I think this year, honestly, he probably has more options to throw to because you've seen the growth from the the running backs with Sargent, um, you know, Goodson to some extent, Ivory Kelly Martin. They can catch the ball, and then you've got you know five wide receivers that I think are more than capable of of making plays. So it's just. I think he's got more options this year, and but I do think one of the two tight ends that have been playing, uh, either Byer or Weeding, have to come along at some point and, and give them. Uh, you mentioned the protection, and, and that's one of the, the big things that jumps out at me each week is that the uh, pass protect numbers from our pro football focus grading have been just off the charts good for for this group. So it's. Um, you know, it's been a real positive. Well, that's pretty good considering you're missing AJ over there. Right. Well, right. And you see, so you're going to probably get a really big addition back. I think the only time they really got to him there, they had the grounding penalty, which I'm not sure how that works exactly. Somebody have to explain. Oh, well, that. the guy hit his arm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that means every time you uh, you have a tipped ball or something behind the line of scrimmage, it should be a grounding penalty. And that was it. Doesn't make. But anyway, that. That now, I think they only got to him once, and it was when they tried to play action up the middle on third and short, and it, it really wasn't a pass protection play, right? Well, so, the cornerback came and it, got him. Right. So I, I think the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint was outstanding on Saturday, even though statistically you only end up with a couple of hundred yards. A couple hundred yards. I thought they were outstanding, and, and they've they've really come along. Well, all right, Tom. So we got a bye week. Um, time to get guys healthy. Who's coming back after the bye? How how are we feeling about some of the walking wounded in the uh, in the um, in the backfield on the defensive end? You know, I'm just I'm wondering if they'll just hold some people out for another week, um, just just to be safe, uh, because you know you should be able to get by Middle Tennessee with what you played this past weekend and get some guys healthy uh, and. Um, you know, like I don't know really what the benefit is playing Alaric Jackson. Maybe they'll play him for a little bit so he can kind of just get a couple reps. But um, Hank ends. I mean, I think it's a hamstring, and um, you know why? Why risk anything with him? It just doesn't make any sense. So hopefully they'll uh, proceed with caution because uh, you know after Middle Tennessee, it's back to back with that Michigan and then Penn State. Yeah, no question they're going to have their hands full here in a couple, three weeks. But it's a great time to be able to, A, relax, enjoy that victory that you had over in Ames, recover a little bit, and then look forward to a, a game, obviously, a week from Saturday against Middle Tennessee, a team 
that you know Duke beat forty-one sixteen last week. They played in Michigan early, the first game of the year, and, and got thumped pretty good. So certainly a team that you think Iowa should be able to handle. So anyway, it sounds like the soccer game's over, Tom. It's Hopefully over. a victory. No. Nope. Hopefully a victory. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Oh, got a goal scored maybe. Okay. Oh, there you oh, go. He's got Jack <laughs> scored. It was a rough night. Rough night. Oh. Oh, all right. Well, sorry to hear that. All right. Hey, Tom, thanks for checking in again this week, and we'll uh, we'll pick you up next week and get a, get set for Middle Tennessee State. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. All right. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com and a couple of really good good items out there on his website that you can check out, including that statistical breakdown. So, so far, Stanley, he was 22 of 35 the other night. I think... I am right now loving the way that he's progressing. I, I know we're missing a deep ball here and there, but he's making some of those, and certainly the mid-range throws are the ones that are making me happy right now. I'll take a 15- to 18-yard out to, to Brandon Smith all day, okay? Um, but on top- It should be noted, the pass he threw to Brandon Smith at the goal line, my football coach would have told me you should have caught it. That's a touchdown. That's got to be a touchdown. It was a difficult pass to catch he's going full yes. speed the ball is coming in there at him. yes he hummed it but at a very rapid pace but i bet if we asked brandon smith right now if he thought he should have caught it he would say yes he hit him in the hands he hit him in stride yeah. i can't get mad i i can't get mad at him for that one i might i might want him to hit uh tracy on that deep ball earlier in the game but that but the smith one no um so so as a as a sophomore 55 percent completion rate as a junior, 59% completion rate. Right now he's at 63%. He wanted to get to 65. 65 is, would be pretty good. Uh, we'll see. He's at 63%, and uh, you know he was a little higher after, uh, before this game going in. But uh, he's really done a, a, a good job of moving along. Tough games down the road. But I think now, if you look at it, I'm not so sure. We'll see. But the Big Ten defenses might not be quite as salty as as we thought they were going to be. Wisconsin looks looks pretty good. Well, they still have not given up a point. So they look pretty good. <laughs> Northwestern has at time, has has looked pretty good on defense as well. They got Stanford and UNLV. It's hard to tell about UNLV, but so they've looked okay, but there's there's going to be opportunities to win games. And I think I think Iowa's defense is also going to provide against some of these teams uh, an opportunity. Michigan's in there. We're going to see because it's it's uh, it's real possible that uh, this this is. I like the way, like Tom said, we haven't been three in a row, uh, but nine times under Kirk Ferentz, and as good as he's been, uh, there's always been something weird. And in this case, they won a qu- uh, close game on the road the other night. That was uh, pretty. It was. It, you got to be happy with it, dude. You go on the road to a Power Five conference in a rival rivalry game with all of that craziness that went along and you come out victorious how could you be anything other than happy i you can't i'm i'm i i walked out of there and a couple of people well you know so i'm saying people are like, well they outplayed us i'm like hey, shut dude. up oh, listen please. i'm the guy whose glass is half hey, empty right my and friend george I, who yeah. owns this joint who wanted yeah. me to mention that the patriots are still the best team in the national football league and who's going to argue with him came over first thing he said to me sunday when i was here having breakfast Oh, they got lucky. I'm like, no, they didn't. No, it's what they He do. was more upset that uh, Iowa State didn't win uh, for financial reasons. We'll be back in five minutes here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at GMIG with Brett Ridge, David Creighton Jr., 
Buckeye Huddle here on 1700. Check us out tomorrow morning if you uh, miss any portion of the program. The podcast will be up at thehawkeyehuddle.com. That's thehawkeyehuddle.com. Again, uh, thanks to GMIGS for sponsoring the program along with Kozlowski Law, Dave Kozlowski Family Law. Good thanks to our <laughs> friends and family that have joined us. Uh, brother-in-law Rob Nebergall, Bacon, George. George, what's King Twitter? George. King George. At Irish. I am Shamrock. At Always I am, I am Shamrock. Shamrock. Okay. All right. Well, George and I were just discussing. There's a couple things left on my list today. Oh, good. Well, the one thing we haven't, I mean, we're talking about how the Iowa rushing game, uh, running game has been good this year, but they're using four backs. IKM came in after not being used much in those first two games, had two big runs, very powerful, one huge one on third and, third and maybe, what, four third, or five? Third and two from the three or four. But ran through no hole, right? He's strong. He's a good blocker. and the Tiptoed good his way down to the one, which was followed by, I know this is going to be surprising, a quarterback sneak yeah. from the one. Shocker. But uh, the other piece of this is they must have, and I can see why, they must have a little bit of confidence and Tyler Goodson. Well, no question. Because he's playing as a true freshman, and, and they're behind 14-6, to six, and he's taking the ball on his own 20-yard line in their end in a, in a game where the ball's wet and everything. This is not normal Kirk Ferentz. And they, there are game rushes in this game that tell you why, but certainly they are confident in what he can do, and we're going to see more of that kid. Well, and I tell you, there was a play. He was going to the left. He was probably going to get tackled, two-yard loss. He made a little shimmy, shimmy, go-go bop move. The linebacker for Iowa State, I think his name was Rose, whiffed. He went down the sidelines, broke a tackle, and then he delivered a blow on number 12 yes. yeah. for Iowa State, who, if he's not on your team, you hate. And if he is on your team, you probably love him. Eisenberg, or yeah, he's a he's one of their one of their better. Well, he plays that players. star yeah. position or whatever they call now, it. Now, Tyrone Tracy did a nice job. He helped spring that. That was where there was a whiff and there was a good block on that. But yeah, that was one. Well, where regardless, he still got a fourteen yards on a play that he was going to lose two. Yes, and it yes. was it was based on the fact he can make the move, and then he had the speed and agility to get himself himself downfield in a huge moment on the road in a in a very very big game. I, I'm with you. I mean, he, he looks like the complete and utter real deal. The big question is, is how do you keep everybody happy? How do we keep all of those guys engaged? I didn't think Torn Young played more than five plays. Yeah, so I, and he played quite a bit the last couple of weeks, right. obviously. So I, it was interesting. I, I think at some point in time, Kirk takes a look at who's doing what and what he needs in the game, and, and you know, and, and it's then, probably right. just about whatever plays they're being called. Right, right, quite frankly, right. and and I suspect that. Who's a running back coach now? I don't even know. What The one thing I did wonder a little bit about with the running backs is they ran quite a bit in the first two weeks, especially against Rutgers. They ran that two-back T-set, right. guys on either side of the quarterback, and they did none of that the other night. And, and I don't know. Obviously, they're scheming for something, but I love when they do that because it's a sort of max protect thing that can end up giving you some guys uh, some dumps out of the backfield. Well, but, but they didn't do that the other night. Whatever. Apparently, after the game, there was no way to have any dumps as the uh, porta potties <laughs> were all full. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about a little of the extracurriculars before we get out of here. So, there's a couple things. First of all, we do want to mention the kid and, and our friends that were just sitting right. here, Iowa State fans. So, uh, the kid, um, I don't have his name, Iowa State fan who was on game day. No, kid had his, right. Had his, Iowa had his, State. Right. Right, and, and Iowa State, going to Iowa State, had his uh, 
sign that said, you know, I'm out of Bush Light. If you want to support and help me with my next case, Venmo me at whatever his name was. Kid, I'm sure, thought he was going to raise $5, and he raised $8,000. Which has so, now been matched by Bush Light and, and, by, Venmo. and Venmo. Venmo. So that's that's like $24,000 going to the Stead family. Or, yes, or he's going to donate it to the hospital. Yes. He says he says he's going to keep sixteen dollars, which he th- he said he thinks is enough to get him Bush Light. But as George mentioned here, uh, Bush Light's going to hook him up with some beer, so he might so not he, even he need really to need that, donate he? that. He doesn't really need that. No, but I mean, what a, so what a great thing for he's you know he's connecting to the University of Iowa hospitals, even though he's uh, he's an Iowa State uh, a fan and student. So we appreciate the, uh, that and congratulate that. That was great. There's something going on with something that happened. Now, I, I was standing next to the band for the entire Iowa band for the entire game. The last I saw time I stood bad next happen. to a band, it was the Florida band. And I there's remember. There's no question that the police re- yes. should have come over and said something to me. To you, yes. To you. Clarinet section for the Florida Gator Band in the Outback Bowl of the horrible officiating that whatever year that was. Uh, looked at me as if I was the crazed drunk Iowa football fan, which I was. Which you were. And, and, and I, I yelled at them about the Kenny Webema hit on Chris Lee. No, it was, it was Hodge. It was Abdul Hodge. No, no, it was the hit going out of bounds. That's yeah. the one that set me off. Oh. Kenny Webema. I, I rewatched the uh, horrible officiating. All sure? seven. I thought yeah. it was Abdul Hodge hit him. They called no, him for late. It was late. 92, not 52. Uh, anyway, it, that happened, and I yelled at the band. I don't think that's what happened. I, well, so I think that somewhere, somehow, along the way, coming in or going out of the stadium, something happened. Now, there was police escorts all the way along. There's allegedly whatever. I mean, just suck it up, Buttercup. Good Lord, Snowflake. It just... Well, there's there's a let there's a oh, you're gonna go broken tell, bones you're gonna go right tell, There's a broken bones? Yes, apparently... What, a French the, hornist? Lose an elbow? No, the, the, the librarian... This is the rumor. We got we have no idea. The librarian, the, the the song, the person who passes out the song sheets. That's called the librarian. That's called the librarian. They ha- how's the you music? would know that uh, Alex. Uh, knew that. Yeah. Know. So there's a there's the the alleged rumor is that there's a broken rib. The librarian got shoved and somebody got slapped and there was some groping and some other stuff going on. Groping. I will say this. There were there were a lot of people who had been at doing the same thing I've been doing all day and the, the Iowa State fans. We're not cheeky with the Iowa fans because I was singing in heaven. There is no beer. Dude, that's why I don't go there. Along with the band. That's why I and, don't go yes. there. But I don't know that this happened because I didn't witness anything like that. And I really thought most of, most people that, that you know, other than the one guy that yelled 65, at me, sixty five thousand people so. there. There's going to be a few yeah. nutcases, yeah. So bridge we'll, included. We'll see what happens. Uh, I hope you know. I, I kind of hope this is all rumor, and the university investigates and go. You know what? No, it was all good. Um, because it, it really was a good day in a lot of other ways. And I, I want to see, I don't want to see this game yearly now marred by people getting a little too crazy with, I'm sorry, Iowa State fans, you lost the football game. Suck it up. Hey, I mean, you if, you, you, if you, 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 you want to curb we, everything, have the game start at 11 o'clock every year, and you won't have any of this. Well, they've they've tried that, and it keeps, you know, they, they were 3 o'clock, they thought they were safe. You know, they were safer, right? Well, there's yeah. no question. I and They thought I, they were safer. I said this yeah. game will be over about 6.30 or 7. I was only off by two, so, two and a half hours. So Iowa moves up to number 18 in the pool. They get a one a one space bump. Now, part of that is because nobody else ahead of them except for one team lost. 
Okay. Who was that? Michigan State. Which uh, which I watched. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Were you on the wrong side of that? No, I was oh, on good. the right side okay. of that. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Look, so Michigan my, State. My question to it, you is: Here, Mark D'Antonio, put in freaking Rocky. Your offense sucks. Your offense is terrible. Um, yeah, but you know I love it because I hate D'Antonio. It's just good. Anyway, I love watching him groan and whine and complain. Anyway, um, I will beat on in, in a in strange circumstances what is ostensibly supposed to be the best Iowa State football team since you and I have been alive. No. Yeah, it's this is a, this. Is, Matt Campbell's the, the only the second coach in their history to string the together two winning years. The 2002 team was ranked ninth in the country. They got up to six, but they ended up they ended up six and six on the year. They had a few missteps, and then somehow Seneca Wallace got caught changing a light bulb instead of the three guys. <laughs> right. So my point is, what I is told this you that joke, right? What is it? No. How many, how many Iowa State fans did it take to change the light bulb? Four. One to change the light bulb. Three to a great Senegal Wallace. Senator, yes, talking about how great Senegal Wallace was. My, my, my question to you is, and we've got like three and a half, four minutes, but is, it, is there something wrong with the fact that Iowa can beat an Iowa State team that was on the road in that environment? And really, that's probably going to be, I don't think there's going to be a tougher place for them to play all year. Maybe Madison, right? Um, in that environment, and they get... Almost no bump and no credit for winning that game. Oh over my Iowa God! State. You and your freaking hey, poll. this is something you got to look at. You got you, you got to look at it. Nobody else looks what at it. They, no one gives two rats's about I, it. I I disagree completely with you on that. After, you are so wrong about after that. Three weeks of football. You're sitting. There's I'm only one you the poll. Question. There's one poll that matters. It comes out the first week in November. Are you in? And you don't that think poll? those? You don't think those guys? My question are to you, you is: Are you in they, that poll? You, right. If I if Iowa fans want Iowa to go higher, you know what they need to do? Root for Iowa State every week I, until the rest of the I season. I completely over. agree. And if Iowa State goes eight and four, do you think Iowa gets credit for beating a good football team? Or uh, a, yes, a I, I don't know. You don't think eight and four is good enough? I think the year who they, they, went, who they else went, think, I think the year they went undefeated. They beat they, three eight who teams else and they were told no. Who else are they going to lose to? OU, maybe, probably, probably, likely. Everybody else, they've got a swinger's chance at. Oh, I think they've got a punch. Yeah, I agree, they do. But so Puncher far, or punchers, swinger? Puncher's chance. Swinger sounds like something that's not yeah, related off. to football. You're off on, yes. You gotta Let's be go with that. punchers. Yeah. I agree with you on that. My point is, it is early. But my point is, when you look back at this, that happened in 2015. Now, they weren't as good. But my point Who is. Who was it? Iowa State. My point is, when Iowa beat Wisconsin that year on the road, the only thing Iowa had on their resume at the end of the year, and I was like, well, they're like, well, they're not very good. Why? Well, they didn't beat anybody. Well, they beat Wisconsin on the road. Oh, that was early before Wisconsin was any good, and they were making excuses. Oh, my God. My point is, is this game. You got turned down by every good-looking girl you ever asked out until late in life. It's not true. Until late in life. It's not true. I did, and I don't worry about it. You did? I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just asking. So that's Finally, your I, I asked out the high school sweetheart. I, I, I <laughs> that worked out okay. I, I'm not going to make. I'm not the one that makes the case that we shouldn't play this game. I just don't. But I'm saying no, right th- now, there's a, a reason. I'm disappointed I, that that they I didn't hate, get a little bit more play. I on this. hate this game because of that theory that it only helps Iowa State, and if Iowa loses, it it always hurts them more, as opposed to. 
how bad it may or may not hurt Iowa State. Do you hate it because it's 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 a realistic fact, or you hate it because it's a theory? No, it, I hate it because um, since how many years has Kirk been here? 20, 21, 21 years. What is he now? Eleven and ten. Some Lance piece right Maybe, at it. Yeah. Eleven and ten, twelve and nine in the twenty-one years. I mean, I I hate the fact that we lose half the time that he's been here. We've won five in a row. Hopefully, the Hawks continue to move this along. I do have something for the non-Templeton Rye last call. Um, <laughs> you do. We got a minute. Jacob just texted me. My last call is Wisconsin smokes Wisconsin smokes Michigan this week, and take Northwestern plus the points against Michigan State. What? Thirty seconds. I'll go with I'm going with Wisconsin too, but I, I I'm going the other way. Michigan State somehow holds them down. All right, check you next week on the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred, the champ.